Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into a glorious victory edition of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield in the big chair for today, Monday, December 7th, 2020. Obviously, you hear that date, you think of a date which will live in infamy. Um, those of you who have been following me for a long time know I'm a big history buff. And so, yes, December 7th, Pearl Harbor, um, a place that I've visited, a place that is still haunting, a place that still haunts me to this day. Um, is a date we keep in mind um, on this Monday, December 7th. But the big story for our purposes right now are your New England Patriots have climbed back to 500 on the backs of a blowout 45 to nothing victory on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers in a game in which, let's put it this way, if you're a New England Patriots fan, you have probably been waiting for a while now this year, maybe all season, to get a complete football game. If you look at New England's year so far, really haven't had something that you would call a complete football game, a game in which they were impressive in all three phases. The closest was perhaps the win over the Raiders in Week 3, but I still feel like that game and what the Raiders did on offense themselves maybe left some people wondering about this defense. This was a complete football win, and I think that is our big story. I think there are three stories here, and that is the first one. This was a complete football win in every single phase of the game. You look at what they did on offense. And it started on the opening drive. You go right down the field, 13 plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Ten of them runs, yes. They got the ground game going. But the offense did what they haven't done in a while. It seems like perhaps all year. They scored a touchdown on their opening drive of the game. New England was playing with a lead. And it felt good. And it was a good drive to see. You look at what they did on the defensive side of the ball. You pitch a shutout. Your first shutout of the season. And you harass and you frustrate and you force mistakes from rookie Justin Herbert. You make him look like a rookie. That Chargers offense never got going. They were able to get pressure on Herbert. They were able to combine pressure with coverage. One of the things that stood out to me, something we'll focus on in the second half of the show, the idea of pass rush 
and coverage working together. You know, for a long time on football Twitter, that question has been debated. What's more, impre- what's more important, pass rush or coverage? And I will now give you a reading from the book of Belichick. Quote, it's all tied into the coverage. If you have the receivers covered, it gives the pass rush more opportunity. If you don't have the receivers covered, then even a good rush isn't going to result in a quarterback getting tackled probably. The interceptions are a result of pass rush, just like sacks are a result of coverage. Continuing quote here, I think it's really team defense. The better team defense we've played, the more pressure we've had. I'd say when you look at a lot of our sacks, a lot of them are on three-man rushes, good coverage situations. Overall, you need good coverage to have a good pass rush and a good pass rush to have good coverage. When those two have been in sync, we've been more productive. When they haven't, we've given up some plays. That's from years ago. But watching this game on Sunday night, I could not help but feel every word of that quote from Belichick as I saw them get pressure and then play coverage behind it. We'll dive into more of the mechanics of that in the second half of the show, but they tied the pressure to the coverage, and it wasn't a situation where they would get home or they would get pressure and guys would be running free, or they wouldn't get home and you'd have scramble drill plays. They worked in concert. And then, yes, special teams. So we've talked offense, and I know people are going to quibble with the passing game, but they had a nice 69 yards pass from Cam Newton. You had a touchdown from Newton to Keel Harry on a nice little spot concept. And they didn't need to throw the ball a ton. But you had offense, you had defense, and then, yes, you had special teams. You had special teams, two big Gunnar Osheski returns. One goes for a touchdown. One gives them very good field position in the second half of that game. You had the block field goal attempt right before halftime leading to a scoop and score touchdown for Devin McCourty. And you add that together and you've got a big lead at halftime in a game in which I feel most people thought it's 28, nothing at halftime. This one's over. And it was for all intents and purposes, this game was over. And so that's storyline. Number one, a complete football win. Story line number two in my mind is this. Cam Newton looked comfortable today to me. And we'll get more when we get a chance to look at the All-22. We'll understand more about the passing game when we get that opportunity to see how everything came together. But for my money, watching that game live and then re-watching it on NFL Game Pass, not live, but working through the broadcast angle with a chance to go back and rewind it some stuff, Newton's feet looked comfortable he looked comfortable in the pocket he looked comfortable going through reads but beyond his comfort level in the pocket you can't talk about what he means as the quarterback of the New England Patriots this year without incorporating what he does as a runner he's a power forward slash tight end playing quarterback. But also what he's starting to open up for this offense, both with his legs and with his comfort level mentally. Trent Green, who I think is very good on calls, talked early in the first half about his cadence when they were going tempo and how Newton was getting better at how he was using his cadence to diagnose 
what the Chargers were doing to get them to sort of dictate or declare pre-snap what they're going to do. And what I seemed to take away from this game was there were a lot fewer instances of them seeming rushed at the line of scrimmage. Newton was working his cadence. He was getting deep into his cadence on a number of plays. It wasn't a scenario where they're trying to piece it together and you're hearing alpha. Alpha means, for many teams, that next sound we snap the ball. And that's usually what you have to do when you're getting deep into a play clock and you've got to snap the ball quickly. Instead, Newton was comfortable at the line of scrimmage. He was in control of everything at the line of scrimmage. And I thought, watching this game, they figured stuff, some stuff out. They figured some more stuff out on the offensive side of the ball that they're comfortable with. And we'll get into more specifics in the second half of the show. But they're doing some different things on offense. Newton seems comfortable in the pocket, and he seems comfortable at the line of scrimmage. And you saw better offensive execution. Of course, look, a lot of this is the Chargers are a bad football team right now. But so are the New York Jets. And a couple of weeks ago, this same Patriots team had to get a field goal at the death to beat that bad football team, the New York Jets. You didn't need that this week. You did not need that this week. So that's your second sort of storyline. You had a complete football win as your first storyline. The comfort level of Cam Newton. That's sort of your second storyline. The third storyline is a bit big picture stuff, and we take it in two parts. The first is this. Are they in the middle of the turnaround moment? And what I mean by that is this. You know, we've seen this before from the New England Patriots, where sometimes you know, they have situations where they have to travel and they stay out west. They did it a couple of years ago. That 2017 season, they came out of their bye and they had games at Denver and then they played the Raiders in a game down in Mexico. And so they sort of stayed out west. They stayed in Colorado. And it was an opportunity for them to sort of get right, you know, coming out of the bye, work on some things. And they took advantage of that opportunity. And now they have to have the quick turnaround and the schedule to play the Rams. More on that in a second on Thursday night. And they're going to stay out west. They're going to practice and kind of live at UCLA. And it might be another opportunity for them to sort of get right, get everybody on the same page. Or maybe we're already seeing some of that in what we saw on Sunday against the Chargers. Because, again, this was a complete football game, a complete football win. There really aren't a lot of, like, things to dive into, you know, in the second half of the show, but we're going to do that. So that's part 1A of the big picture thing. Do they have sort of an opportunity to get right? But then part B is this. They're back in it. They are, you saw the graphic, they're in the hunt. Now they're going to need some breaks along the way, right? You know, all the teams that they're kind of grappling with right now, 
in that mix for one of the final two playoff spots. They all won today. You had the Raiders with a win that they needed. You know, some of the other teams that might be on the outside looking in. You know, the, the Colts got a win against Houston, so if they don't win the division, they're still sitting there at 8-4. and four. You know, we'll see the Baltimore Ravens against the Cowboys. We don't know what they're going to do. You know, Miami, they're probably not going to catch the Bills. They got another win today against Cincinnati. You know, we're waiting to see what happens with Buffalo on Monday night. So they needed to win this one, and they did. And we're, again, talking about playoffs. Like I said last week, you know, the fact that we can talk about playoffs, that we can look at the New England Patriots right now, and even after everything they've been through, we can still have these discussions. It's a good thing. Now, obviously, the cloud handing over all of this is the uncertainty over Thursday night. Los Angeles County, like so many places in this country right now, is seeing a spike in coronavirus numbers. And they're starting to implement lockdowns and they're starting to implement stay-at-home orders. And with this game looming on Thursday night, there was discussion throughout the broadcast about will we see this game kick off? What's going to happen to it? Will there have to be a situation where it gets moved or delayed or something? So that part of this discussion is in the air. But the bottom line is this. The New England Patriots had a complete football win on Mon- on Sunday night. A complete football win in their first game of December. And we all know that Bill Belichick prides himself on having teams play in their first, excuse me, their best football in the month of December. And here we are. And they're playing their best football of the season as the calendar flips to December. However way you slice it, however way you want to dive into it, whatever you want to say about questions about Cam Newton, questions about the passing game, questions about anything else, their best win of the season, their best game of the season, their best effort of the season was in their first game of December. And that might be the biggest storyline of all. Up next, we're going to dive into some of the specific moments that I want to highlight uh, from this game. Not a lot of negatives, a whole lot of positives. That's ahead here in episode 156, a glorious victory installment of the SCO Show. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. 
Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 156 of The Sco Show. A glorious victory installment. Going to take care of a little bit of housekeeping issues here at the outset as usual. Please follow along on the Bird app at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Check out the work at a variety of places. Matt Waldman's rookie scouting portfolio. Not one, not two, but three SB Nation websites. Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where I co-host the QB Factory with the Honorable Michael J. Kist. And we try to figure out how in the world to make sense of the Eagles quarterback situation, which interestingly enough, there might be a little bit more of a debate, or maybe it's not even a debate anymore. Yes, the Eagles lost to the Green Bay Packers. Yes, suddenly the Eagles are now trailing by more than a game the Giants in the NFC East. But Jalen Hurts comes in, sees extended action, throws a touchdown. Maybe it's time. You know, maybe it's time to see Carson Wentz sit down. And I would say as a a longtime believer in Carson Wentz, seeing his, you know, seeing him on the sidelines, seeing him clapping for Jalen Hurts in the touchdown, you know, it's it's a bit bittersweet. You know, you hate to see stuff like that, but this is a business after all. And then, of course, you can follow along the work right here at Pat's Pulpit. And yes, USA Today's Touchdown Wire. Also, later in the week, uh, Seth Galina is going to come on, talk to us about the Rams' defense. Uh, try to get that show out Wednesday or Thursday morning at the latest. We'll, latest, we'll see. You know, got a schedule with a Canadian and stuff. So, you know, there's time changes or, you know, currency issues, metrics, all that stuff. Uh, so that, that we'll have to deal with. But look for that a little bit later this week. Let's talk specifics now, some moments that stood out to me in, in what was a very impressive win, a complete football game. And it started on the opening drive. They started with some different looks, some wildcat stuff, some Newton getting flexed out into motion. You have to wonder in the back of your mind if at some point they're going to have somebody throw the ball to Cam Newton. You know, Trent Green said, look, you know, you're putting Cam Newton into motion, all six, five of them. You got Chris Harris covering them a sub-six-foot defensive back, maybe at some point you do think about throwing him the ball. Uh, so that's something to little put, put a little uh, little pin in your on your note card there, you know, something to flag for later. But I, I would not surprise me to see them try to throw the ball to Cam Newton at some point here in the next couple of weeks. Um, next big play I want to talk about, this is on the Chargers' second drive of the game. Second and eight, slant route to Mike Williams. Stephon Gilmore with a textbook pass breakup there. I talked with Evan Lazar on his podcast late last week about some of the matchups, and Evan and I both sort of felt comfortable, um, or at least we thought Bill Belichick would feel comfortable with, you know, Gilmore on whoever, JC Jackson on whomever, and he probably worried a little bit more about the tight end running backs than anything else. And you saw... Gilmore now on Williams. We all expected him to get Keenan Allen, but they played him on Williams too. And on this play, textbook pass breakup. Then on third and eight, this was a beautiful job from Jonathan Jones. They bring the receiver in motion, number 15. Jones is in trail, so he trails him across the formation. It's a rub concept with a wheel stop that the receiver runs. And Jones is there step for step. Great recovery. The pass is thrown a little bit out of bounds by Justin Herbert. But Jones was there step for step on that. I thought that was a beautiful job in coverage. And then the next play is the Gunnar Olszewski return touchdown. Um, no flags. You got great blocks from Slater, uh, Rashad Berry. 
good change of direction from Gunner himself. Dante Moncrief with a great block. Oshevsky toe taps down the sidelines. A tremendous special teams play. And let's be honest, when your offense isn't a New England offense that we're used to, you're going to need moments like this. And they got a moment like that. Then on the Chargers' next possession, third and nine, this was one of those examples where they got pressure from Chase Winovich, sort of up the gut, forces a quick throw on a crossing route, and they've got zone coverage behind it. And so it's not a situation where, oh, we're getting pressure all, but it's a crossing route and they beat the man coverage defender and it goes for a 15-yard gain. They throw the crosser, they force the quick throw, and you rally to the football, you, you keep everything in front of you, and you make the stop. That's one of a couple of examples of this idea of tie-in coverage and pressure together. The Patriots did such a huge, good, good job of that on Sunday. New England's third drive of the game, uh, second and 10 play, play action throw. Uh, Cam, great escape, scrambles for a gain of 14. Then on first and 10, I love this design. Another one of these little wrinkles we're starting to see. They go trips out of 21 personnel with Sony Michelle standing next to Cam Newton in the backfield. Newton's in the gun. Damian Harris, the inside trips receiver to the left. So now you've got, you know, a little pony package now, but now you've got Harris and Michelle in the game at the same time. They go inside handoff, Sony Michelle, gain of 10. You know, they don't convert this one because you get a sack. Well, actually, a fumbled snap situation on second and eight, which turns into third and lawn. But he had an in-cut to Nikhil Harry. A little bit nice to see from Nikhil Harry on that play. Next possession is Chargers' fourth drive of the game. First and ten, in-cut to Keenan Allen. Great coverage by Jason McCourty here, raking down at the catch point. This was in Allen's hands for a catch, and he knocks it out. Tremendous job raking down through the catch point there. Second and ten. Another example of this. A twist up front. Lawrence Guy, little twist game. Guy and Simon. Guy comes outside. Simon twists inside. Gets the pressure. Forces a back foot throw for a check down. And it goes for no game because the ball is caught behind the line of scrimmage and there is a defender face up ready to make the tackle. Now, if I miss on some of these pass rush coverage plays, the thing to envision is this. How many times watching that game did you see pressure lead to a throw behind the line of scrimmage with a defender in position to make the tackle? You know, I saw that a number of times in this win, and that's great to see. This was one example of it. Third and 10, Josh Uche, tremendous pressure, gets a hit on Justin Herbert, forces an incompletion, great push-pull move, gets into the chest, then rips through the defender, Gets into Justin Herbert. Tremendous hand utilization from Josh Uche on that play. Absolutely love seeing that. New England's next possession, second and seven. This was the throw where I thought Cam's really comfortable. He opens to his right, doesn't like what he's seeing, comes back, throws a crosser to Damian Bird working left to right. Gain of 10 on second and seven. Then the next play, under center 21 personnel. They're using Temple. Harris inside for a gain of 11. Jakob Johnson with a tremendous block. Newton looked really comfortable. This is when it was all starting to come together. Second and six. This might have been my favorite Newton play. They bring the blitz. He replaces it immediately with the football to Jamie and Bird on the crosser for a gain of 10. Now things get a little wonky. They had the third and 19. They get the flag. You know, the illegal use of hands. 
They're able to get it down inside the five-yard line, second and goal, QB power. They can't bring Cam down. And I wrote in my notes, it's amazing to have a power forward slash tight end playing quarterback. This guy's just tough as hell. And he is. Um, so I, I loved that offensive drive. Chargers, fifth drive of the game. This is drive before halftime. They had a first and five. Uche would pressure again. He gets turned loose, free shot at the quarterback, forces a bad throw. Second and five, twist. Herbert under pressure. He tries to sort of ground it, and it's a legal touching because he throws it and hits a lineman first. Now he comes back and rips a Ban 8 uh, velocity post route uh, to Keenan Allen, so they get on the cusp of field goal range, but then you get Bethel and Cody Davis combined for the block, the scoop and score for Devin McCourty, and let's be honest, the route is on. Um, some other plays in the second half to note, uh, the Winovich interception, tremendous job. Trent Green broke it down. Um, you might have missed it because it was coming out of a, a commercial, um, but they wanted to flow to the right. That was covered, pair of out routes to the right, Herbert rolling to the right. So then he looked for the crosser working from right to left, sort of throwback. And Winovich, he sees all this action going away from him, but he stays home. He's eyeing the running back, but then he sees Herbert's eyes, and he jumps the crosser. And if this doesn't remind you of the Trey White interception I talked about last week and broke down for USA Today, it should. It's the same kind of thing. Backside defender reading the mind of the quarterback, making the interception, and I'm now making a note that I have to write about that play for USA Today. Uh, Newton's touchdown pass into Keel Harry, little spot concept. Love to see that. Um, the Lawrence guy sack beats the right guard with a power move, a little rip. Uh, then he beats the running back. He rips through the guard with the right arm. Really nice move. Uh, Butler with a deflection on a third and six, getting off the ground, a little vertical from him. The J.C. Jackson interception. This is just a great job of coming off your guy. It's a three-level stretch. He's got the vertical route to the right side of the left side of the field from the offense's perspective. The throw comes to the middle receiver. He peels off the vertical, comes down on the middle receiver. The pass is overthrown. He gets the interception. Just a tremendous play. Uh, third and two from New England on their sixth drive of the game. They get a, uh, Newton rips an out route to Myers for a first down, but James White, tremendous job in pass protection. Um, Bailey's punt that's downed by Bethel and Davis inside the five-yard line, that was tremendous as well. There are negative stuff. There's negative stuff to talk about. Um, but you know what? A 45 nothing win, I'm just going to shove that stuff because I don't want to talk about anything negative because this was a tremendous team win. This was a tremendous team win. This is a game balls for everybody kind of win. Um, period, full stop. Everybody was fantastic. Although I will say did get a fantastic little message in the Scotia Slack channel with the idea that the Cardinals special teams unit should get a game ball from the New England Patriots. That was courtesy of Jim Reynolds, which is one of our two takes of the game. The other take of the game comes to us from Hazifa Patel, also in the Scotia Slack channel, that simply read, this game is like a fanfic. And it was. And in a year like this, both on the field and off, it felt nice. It felt darn good. And that, my friends, that, my friends, might really be the biggest take of all. So that will do it for today. I will be back later this week with Seth Kalina. I hope. He's a wonky, loony Canadian. But we love him anyway. 
Until then, friends, look, please stay safe. Please, please, please stay safe. Um, it's getting scary out there. Please stay safe. Wash your hands. Socially distance. Wear your mask. And when you wash those hands, sin along. And bless those Patriots' reigns. Down in Foxborough.